the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at PastorScott at KKLA.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. And now, here's Pastor Scott. Hey, everybody. Pastor Scott Show. Good to be with you today. Hour two of the show. We're on each and every day from 3 to 5. Always good to be with you. We look at issues of the day from a Christian perspective on the Pastor Scott Show. The number is 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. Here's a question for you, and it's here's it. Why are people today, why are people turning to Islam? There is a trend going on in social media where lots of people have decided to start reading the Quran. And it is an interesting trend because it's mostly young people. It's a lot of people, I think, inspired because of what's happening in the news. And, and But um, it is something that isn't new. This, this happened a lot, I noticed, even after uh, 9-11 happened. Here's, here's a sampling of uh, what some people are saying. I started uh, reading Quran. I just started reading the Quran. So I've been reading the Quran, and I have a. Salam. Good morning. Uh, and this is why so many people are starting to read the Quran. So I ordered a Quran, and I just wanted to show you how I have. Okay, so I'm an ex-Christian reading the Quran. Today, I'm going to go through fighting, fighting war. I started reading the Quran. Um, this is the. We're on the Quran, and we're on Joseph or. So I have started already tonight a little bit. It is my first time reading the Quran. I thought I would share my thoughts on the food. This sentence from the Quran just answered a question I... Okay, guys, so I got the Quran. Um, I got, like, a version that I... So, I'm an so you can see there, there, there's a whole lot going on with that. And, you know, there's all kinds of people reading the Bible, too, right? Who are on there and, and those kinds of things for the first time. But... You know, what I'm seeing is this with two groups. My question for you is, and you can give me a call, 888-528-2557. Why are people who are eager for truth or faith or an understanding of God, uh, and particularly if you are a Christian or maybe you used to be or maybe you're struggling in your faith, you know, what has moved you to another faith? What has caused you maybe to uh, walk away from your your faith, if you want to share that, 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. Now, I'll confess, you know, as a Christian person, and I grew up Christian, I'm a pastor, I have studied the Bible, I have actually read the Bible. Most Christians have not read the Bible at all, and I suspect actually most Muslims have not read the Quran, to be honest with you, especially Americans, okay? We, we typically don't. And, you know, we hear whatever it is we hear from our pastor or from our teacher. And, uh, you know, we and I think that's true in a lot of religions. There's kind of an Americanization of just about any faith that you don't necessarily find elsewhere. And, you know, American versions of of religions that are not the same as they would be in other places, uh, particularly wherever those religions started. But uh, 
you know, and when I'm watching this, it reminds me of something that happened years ago. I'm not a big fan as a pastor of sort of these ecumenical groups that get together to try to uh, resolve problems uh, unless there's some kind of, you know, it's different. What I mean by that is, you know, an ecumenical group is it might be people of different faiths, different religions. So I usually didn't go to those things. I usually don't go to the pastor group or that includes sort of everybody from every religion. I do if it's a free breakfast and I do if it's, hey, we want to get together as as citizens of the same country and make sure we're having dialogue with each other, um, you know, with an acknowledgement that we don't agree with each other. And I think that's a big a big problem with people's understanding of religion in our culture today is that we have been taught and have a sense that all religions are the same, which, by the way, means all religions are false. They can't all be the same. They certainly contradict. And people within religions typically don't think that they're all the same. Otherwise, you wouldn't be in that religion, right? Uh, Or you're, you're rejecting that religion. I'm quite sure that, you know, the mosque down the street is not teaching that those Baptists might have it right. You know, or that we're all going to the same place. They might be teaching that, but they're not teaching it from the standpoint of we believe the same thing. You know, clearly we don't. And so I, you know, those kinds of things, they, I found them to be not, they're worth the time if we're having dialogue, accepting that we believe different things and we're building friendships and stuff. I found that to be great. And sometimes it can be done where, hey, if we're going to get together and we're going to feed the homeless or we're going to do something that is practical, um, that can be a useful thing as a citizen, but let's not let's not pretend that we're all on the sa- we're all on the same team as far as United States citizens, and we're on the same team as far as our humanity, but we're not on the same team as far as who God is and what we believe it takes to be saved. And most of the time, you can you can deal with that; it's fine. But what I don't like about it is when we are going to come together and pretend we're on the same team when spiritually when we're not, and nobody believes that anyway. So I went to this one thing though that was it was. Uh, at a church down the street from where I was a pastor. And I said, yeah, I'll go to that. And so at this meeting, it was almost all Christian pastors um, from churches that are liberal, typically, and, you know, liberal in a Christian sense and an old school Christian sense would be churches that have sort of walked away from the authority of Scripture, meaning I don't have to believe everything the, the Bible says. The Bible is not the authority. The Bible is maybe the best I have, but I don't have to trust it necessarily. And uh, so they might take miracles out. There are some churches who call themselves Christian who don't really believe, for example, on Easter Sunday that Jesus died for your sins, you know, or that he rose again from the grave, you know, that the, you know, I've heard it taught in some Christian, you know, quote, churches that the ideas of Jesus rose from the grave, love your enemy and, you know, love your neighbor as yourself, and that that's what we celebrate. That's not Christianity. That's something else, okay? Your church might say it's Christian, but if that's what's being taught, Christianity is the idea that Jesus paid the penalty for your sins, the spiritual angst that every culture feels, that every culture has felt like they need to do something to appease God or worship God or do something. The idea in Christianity that's different from every other faith is you can't do enough to please God. So God did it himself, and Jesus paid the price. He lived the perfect life you can't live, and he died. But he rose again, giving you hope of resurrection, eternal life, that if Jesus truly was God, if he truly is the Savior, if he truly is the Messiah, then the grave can't hold him. And therefore, the grave won't hold you either if you follow Jesus. And that one day, although you die, you will follow Jesus right out of the hole that he punched into death into everlasting life. You need a physical resurrection of Jesus. Otherwise, and the Bible says so itself, otherwise there's no Christianity. 
Okay, so I'm, I'm telling you that because maybe some of you go to a Christian church that says the Bible's not true, and I would challenge you then to um, determine whether or not it's really Christian or whether it's something else. So I go to this meeting, and it's a lot of something else. Not everybody, but a lot of something else. And I don't know, there's 40 people in the room, all pastors. And all of them are Christian in that sense, um, except for two other, uh, I would say, evangelical pastors who do believe Jesus rose from the grave, who do believe uh, in uh, what I believe as far as what the Bible says, and one imam who uh, was at uh, a major mosque in town. And we're sitting around these tables set up as a square and you know, rectangle probably if you really measured it. <laughs> some some people are like, was it a square or a rectangle? How big was it? No, it was a rectangle. Um, and I was sitting towards that. So we're going to go around and everybody had an idea. What is something that we can do together to impact, you know, our culture? And everybody kind of agreed, you know, homelessness uh, is the biggest problem. Okay. And the homelessness back then, this was 10 years ago, 15 years ago, uh, not even as big a problem as it is now, but obviously it was a big problem. And so we all went around one at a time around the table. I was towards the end, and I was sitting next to the imam. And this was not too long after 9-11. I'm going to say this was 2007 or eight. okay? And at that point of time, there were a lot of Americans who were becoming uh, Muslim. And I was like, why? Why would you do that? Particularly just the view that you might have or the idea that why would you leave you know, Christianity? If you really understand Christianity, why would you leave a religion that says you're saved by grace, by the grace of God, and all you have to do is have faith, to one that says you got to earn salvation, you know, or earn the, you know, the purpose of, you know, how do you judge that, right? It's a, it's a complicated thing, I would say, but, you know, so I was kind of wondering that. So we go around the room, all these guys share, and I got to tell you, it was the squishiest stuff, and nobody was talking, it was one person after another, talking about why we should come together and buy a building, buy a hotel or do something so we can house homeless people. But then the conversation very quickly turned into how it needs to be a place where there are no rules, where there is the free flow of, you know, we don't have to keep people sober, whatever the issue is. It can be drugs, it can be alcohol. Then we don't have to keep people off of the, the prostitution or other stuff that we just want to house people. And I'm fidgety because I'm going, well, you 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 got to deal with the stuff. You you have to deal with people's issues or the, it's never going to work because no one's going to, you know, the people who want to get better won't move into that place. So it goes around the room. It finally gets around to the imam and the imam is fidgety too. And he says in very bold terms, but very straightforward, none of this is going to work. This will never happen. It will never happen unless we have rules. You have to require sobriety. You have to help people get sober. You have to have maybe steps. And he, he laid out a whole bunch of stuff about why maybe if people aren't ready to be sober, then they're not ready to be in here, that we're going to that we're gonna have legal problems, that we have so many problems if we don't have any rules for this house that we would come together and do together, that we really have to call people to sobriety. We have to call people and help them with counseling, with all the different things, but we also have to make it a safe place and safe not just from drugs, but from organized crime, from the uh, prostitution and the pimps and all of this. And he went through the whole thing. And I remember sitting there thinking to myself, as he's talking, that the only person in this room, we're all Christians and one Muslim, that I, the only person in this room I agree with is the imam sitting next to me. And I had this moment, and then it came to my turn, and I had to say, 
the only person in this room that I agree with actually is the imam, a Muslim guy next to me. And I realized it. I think this is why people convert. I had this moment where I thought, you know, he came out here very kindly and stated things that I think are ultimately correct. That, and he pushed aside a lot of the squishiness that had filled the, the room. And, and, it's, and you know, it comes from a place where we want to say it's compassion, where we want to say that it's love. And, you know, there are different ways to deal with different people. But to, and as you know, I definitely think you have to be about recovery. I think that the reason that homelessness is out of control in our state is because we're not about recovery. Uh, I think that matters. That's a huge, huge part of it. I think that housing first, which is the philosophy that says we're going to spend billions of dollars on houses, you know, very expensive houses, by the way, uh, to put homeless people in the tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of homeless people in the state. That's crazy. And that, you know, one one place I was working at or not wasn't working there, but I was talking to a guy who worked there and it was one of these tiny house communities. Right. He said. A lot of the problem is, is that people get a tiny house and then they leave the next day and they're so stoned they can't even remember that they had a tiny house and it's just gone. It doesn't work. And I thought, you know what, I think this might be a reason that we have, maybe it's a cultural thing, but I think it infects us a little bit as the church, that we have forgotten that we can speak truth to some things in love. And maybe we're afraid I mean, how do you respond to this? 888-528-2557. 888-528-2557. Uh, this is the Pastor Scott Show. 888-528-2557. So as I left there, and then the two guys next to me had the same thing, and we all left, and we kind of laughed. We said, you know, it's funny. The only guy in there who made any sense was the Muslim guy. <laughs> and, I, and I've always remembered that because I thought it began to, for me, as somebody who's always been a Christian— and as, and especially after 9-11 and growing up when there's terrorism and all this stuff and understanding Islam and what the religion ultimately teaches. And I realize there's different branches and different theological structures to things. Realizing I think people are attracted here and maybe to other faiths the same way, not because of what the doctrine is, not because of what the theology is. And Maybe they're not really Muslim because of that, or maybe they're not really, you know, whatever other faith they might have been to. Maybe what it is, is they are looking for substance, and that has been lacking where in some places in the church we have abandoned the scriptures or abandoned the gospel, or we become so much about self-help that we are no longer about repentance, and we're no longer about that we've, we've taken that out of the conversation that we have, or or maybe on the other hand, it's the only part of the conversation. And there's not a place for that person who's really struggling to somehow welcome them in. You know, maybe it's a place where for some reason we just haven't been able to, um, we, we've We've lost that relational thing. So what I what I hear from people, what I want to hear from you is if you've left the faith, if you're having the show, what's, am I right? Is this part of it? It doesn't have to be Islam-related necessarily. It could be something else. 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. David in Culver City, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Hey, Pastor Scott. I hope you had a happy Thanksgiving. I did. I had a real good one. How about uh, yourself? 
Me too. My family, it was a good holiday. We enjoyed it. Good. But, you know, um, one of the things, one of the reasons I think Christianity in particular has been very hard hit, and I've, I've said this before and I know you don't like it, but the huge support of Donald Trump on such an ungodly man. Well, this is, you know, what I'm talking about, maybe it's related. Hold on. Maybe it's related, but I'm talking about something that was a long time before Donald Trump. This is, this is not new. Oh, I, oh, I think it's changed dramatically. I think a lot of young evangelicals have turned away from evangelical Christianity. Absolutely. But that's been going on for a while, David. I want to stick to, you know, what's the, so Donald, you know, absent Donald Trump or crazy people, you know, whatever person, you know, is it bigger than, I mean, bigger than Donald Trump? Is it, I mean, I want to try to get to your point here. No, here's my point. Yeah. I don't just have one point, Pastor Scott. My, that was my first point. Uh, you know, uh, talk is one thing, the walk is another. Secondly, I do think the doctrine of the, the fire insurance part of, of conservative Christianity, that, you know, works don't matter, it's just space. I think that's unappealing to a lot of people, including me. I don't think that's appealing. Other religions emphasize works, not just faith. And I think that's one of the unappealing things about conservative Christianity. You think and it's unappealing? Thing, Do you think it's communicated wrong? Because to me, the idea sense. that, because Christianity no, for sure says you have to do, you, you, you need to be good, but it doesn't save you, that you're saved by grace. However, you're called to live a life worthy of that. But there's a tremendous emphasis on the fire insurance aspect of in okay. conservative Christianity. So I think that's unappealing. Maybe, the, it, maybe your explanation, a more nuanced explanation, would be more appealing. Absolutely. And then I also think the supersessionist idea that there's just one religion, and that religion is the only true religion, is also unappealing to a lot of young people. A lot of young people that would be Christians can't accept the idea that God would only accept one way of getting to him. They just can't accept that. Well, God. Islam teaches so that, that, though. There's lots of religions that most religions teach they're the only way, ultimately. No, they, te- they may teach their No, Islam, the, the Quran is very Islam. clear that Allah is God and Muhammad is his prophet and everybody else is out. You gotta accept that. No, but they accept no, they accept the Abrahamic religion. You you're not doomed No, they they, to hell. they see it differently. They Allah. see it differently. You're not doomed to hell if you don't accept Allah. Yes, you are. <laughs> yeah, you are. In in true Islam you are. All right, David, I think I think let me let me uh, I've got other calls, but I think David makes some points there that uh, maybe you want to respond to. Eight 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 five two eight two five five seven, especially maybe the uh the fire insurance point that he makes, I think, uh, he's not right about Islam. Every religion, by the way, every philosophy believes that theirs is the only way. Even if you're saying, like David is, that there's other ways to God, then you're saying that people who don't think that are wrong, right? You're still, exclusivity is there with religious belief unless, you know, and it, it matters if religious belief can be true. If religious belief is true, then they can't all be true. It's not possible. It's not logical. And they don't say that, by the way. 888-528-2557. Let's go to uh, Denise in L.A. Welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Oh, hi. I'm so excited you're talking about this because I was discussing this over Thanksgiving and people gasped. And I had said to them that with ecumenism becoming kind of a trail mix of faith that I no longer identified as Christian or by Christianity because it's become too generic. 
and that I said that I was going to reattach the prefix, actually, of Judeo-Christian. And what would you say, I, I think I understand what you mean by it becoming generic in the sense that I think when people say Christian, the culture today doesn't understand what that means doctrinally. And they see different, I, and they see different doctrinal beliefs that actually don't work together within Christianity sometimes. I had um, been introduced uh, a couple of years ago to the idea of Chuck Colston's Colston ministry. Yeah. yeah. And that is ecumenism in Vatican II, is that not? That's what uh, radical Vatican II now is espousing, is uh, many faiths underneath the umbrella of Catholicism. Is that not accurate? I'm not sure that that's where Chuck Colson was coming from. Um, but, I, I'm not even sure that that's where... I, I'm not as an expert on the on the Vatican II. I don't think that's where Chuck Colson was coming from. But today we're, we're, we're seeing so many things folded in as being acceptable. It's now taken away the relevance of Christ alone. Yeah, I do think that that you're right that we have lost the ability to do to explain how Christianity is is distinct um, from other religions. And that's an interesting thing. I got to go to break. I appreciate your call, Denise. This is the Pastor Scott Show. I see your calls, uh, Eunicia and Yolanda and Eric and Karen. We will get to you as soon as we come back from the break. The number is 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. This is the Pastor Scott Show. You can watch us at kkla.com right now. You can follow me at Pastor Scott Show on social media. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at pastorscott at kkla.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, everybody. Pastor Scott Show, 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. And uh, we're talking about the message of the church and whether or not that's clear. Why are so many people... Uh, uh, searching, why maybe have some people left Christianity to find other things? What's the reason? Now, the the numbers on it, by the way, are not that bad for Christianity. Sometimes we always hear, you know, oh, it's terrible, you know, but it's really not. Did you know, according to Gallup, that the same percentage of the United States population who attend church regularly is the same as it was in the 1940s? That might shock you, uh, but that's true. Uh, it's not, you know, there are what's happening is a lot of people are leaving mainline denominations and a lot of old school church is, uh, is in a lot of trouble. Uh, and that reflects in a lot. And there are lots of people who don't go to church regularly anymore. Uh, but it's an interesting thing. 888-528-2557. Unicia in Long Beach. Do I have your name right? Hello. Yeah. Euphemia Rally. Eusenia. Welcome to the Pastor Scott show. Yes. Uh, um, from what I was discussing about, about people leaving Christianity and they're turning to different faiths. The way I see it, these apostasy as far as, and we got different religious leaders, they're, they're doing their best to build a one world hearted church of the Antichrist. That's all prophesied in the Bible. You think that we're getting towards the end times and maybe this is the great falling away, you might be saying. Yeah, that, yeah this is the great falling away. It's been happening since day one. Well, maybe, could be. But, uh, you know, the, the numbers are more encouraging than that. Um, but yeah. there's, definitely, there's I, definitely a difference, I would say, right now in people's attitude about church. 
Yes, yeah. Some people, are, some people, are, some people are still getting saved. I agree with that. Yeah, absolutely. Yesenia, thank you for your call. Eight 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 five two eight two five five seven. Eric in Corona. Welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Hi, Eric. Oh, I think we lost Eric. Are you there? We lost Eric. Give us a call back. Eric eight 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 five two eight two five five seven. Karen in Mission Viejo. Welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Hi. How are you today? I'm good. Karen, how are you? I'm doing good. Um, I have been a Christian for 30-plus years, and I've seen Christianity change a lot. It doesn't change in the Bible, but the way we act it out and the way we um, present it to the world, I think, has changed a lot. I don't think that the church is as loving as it used to be. Mm. I think it's more accepting but I don't think it's more loving, if that makes any sense. I think um, so. What would you say I, the difference is between accepting and loving? Accepting is we welcome everybody, but yet we welcome everything. And, you know, loving everybody is key. And I don't care, you know, who somebody is, I'm going to love them, but I'm not going to love everything they do. But I'm also not going to estrange them and say, I can't be around you because Mm. I don't love everything you do. Yeah. And, you know, we just, the church has seemed to distort what the Bible says about loving others. And I, I believe that a lot of people think, you know, well, just pray to God. God is all we need. Well, God made woman for man and God made people to need other people, or else he would have just put us on an island and be desolate. And I think sometimes, you know, we just want to push it off. Even Christians especially want to push it off and say, oh, just pray, you know, just go to God, just go to God. Well, God, of course, is our strength, but we need each other. You know, it's an interesting, it's an interesting point you're making, because in the first segment, I talked about how right now there's a trend on social media, a lot of young people looking into the Quran and looking at Islam, and you're thinking, well, you know, some of you looking into it, you know, one of the guys is uh, trans, and he's all excited about Islam, and think, well, don't get too excited, they're going to kill you, right, if you really went down that road, and I thought, why do people go into that. And one of the things they said that I think is matching with what you're saying a little bit, and I went to a a ministry, and maybe I'll have somebody on to talk about it, but who is dealing with this, is that it's not about the doctrine as much as it's about the togetherness that they find. And if we don't have togetherness in the church, you know, church is not supposed to be an address on the street in a building. It's it's terrible that the same, the word church has become a building or an organization, you know, or a you know, a location. Church is the called out ones. It is the family of God who come together. And there's a, there is a part of that that I think we have to get back to. It used to be, and I thank you for your call, Karen. It used to be in our culture that the church was the meeting place, you know, for the town probably, you know, in a lot of small towns, that's still the case, right? When you, you have the town council, where do they meet? They meet down at the, whatever church is there. Um, but there used to be a a better sense of that gathering 
for that purpose of loving one another, which makes it easier then, by the way, to bring somebody in who maybe they're not a Christian yet, or maybe they've got a behavior or they've got something that they're dealing with that they need to confess and repent from. And you don't get tied into the organizational structure of membership or what it means and other stuff, and it becomes difficult uh, to love as Jesus did. Just a thought there. 888-528-2557. Yolanda in North Hollywood, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Hi. How are you, Yolanda? I love this deep subject. I can just sink my teeth in, Pastor. Yeah. Um, There's a lot that I can say based on what has been said before. Eusenia, I was just, she took the words out of my mouth about the great apostasy Mm. in terms of people turning away from Christianity. And it's scriptural. It said that would happen before the second coming. Yeah. And however, I also like to say um, from John chapter 6, verse 37, which talks about those that come to me, this is Jesus talking, are the ones that the Father has given me. Mm-hmm. We're drawn, okay? Um, so, you know, Christianity, I don't compare it, I don't, I don't quote-unquote religion. It's not a religion to me. As I become a mature, mature Christian, I study more, and I get closer and closer on this journey, this walk. I have come to find that um, I truly have what Christians in my day in the 60s, my parents, my aunts, my uncles, they used to talk about this relationship. Yeah, He is my friend, not a religion. It's not like, it's not like Islam or Buddhism or Catholic, uh, you know, Catholic or whatever. This is an actual relationship that you have with Jesus Christ. He is your Lord and Savior. He is the boss. He, you know, all of that. So yeah. all of that, I'm, I know I'm kind of talking in generalities, but it's all scriptural. This is how I feel. You know, I think that it, it brings us back to a theme that's part of here about relationship and about bringing people together, because that's the other piece about uh, people who have left Christianity and maybe they go to something like Islam or another belief, and the studies are saying it's probably not about the doctrine, that eventually they probably will reject that doctrine, but yeah. it is about the connection with people and about the, the truth, right, that, that you know, one of our callers, uh, David, he said, you know, the the fire insurance brand of Christianity, that it's all about not going to hell, and that's it. Uh, there is so much more depth to following Jesus and what it means that we have the relationship with the creator of the universe and that you're known and loved by him. Um, yes, and the joy that I feel and the peace beyond all understanding when I keep my eyes stayed on him. That's right. I but, mean, all that scriptural, and if they don't know the word and or, or accept it, then, then that's where... That's where the the great loss is. You you have to know the word. You yeah, have and, to know it. Yeah, and I think that's a big piece of uh, of things. Thanks for calling, Yolanda. I know you have uh, a lot more you can add. We appreciate you very much. Eight 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 five two eight two five five seven. Eight 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 five two eight two five five seven. Christopher and San Dimas, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Hello, Pastor. Hi, Christopher. Um, I wanted to I wanted to think about uh, purpose, and I think that people. People in the church today uh, need need purpose. We need to just rediscover purpose and enter into ministry. And that ministry needs to get out into our community. But I think the you know in the book of James we have the verse that says 
know, faith without works is dead. Mm-hmm. And so in our congregation, um, what we're doing as, as a men's group is we're organizing and getting out into the streets uh, to evangelize, to do outreach to, to the homeless, to feed people, to um, pray with people. And uh, we're getting a lot of great response, a lot of great response from young families. Um, and, you know, we, we speak to them about training up their children in the, in the word of the Lord and the way of the Lord. And I, I think that's one thing that's missing in our culture today. When, when prayer got banned from public schools and the voice of the church was kind of silent in public uh, places, the marketplace, uh, we, we're starting to lose a generation. People aren't being, uh, uh, they're, they're becoming illiterate uh, about the word of God and what true Christianity is and what we really teach and, and how we love each other and how we love our community and how we love uh, all people. And, it's, you know, they're just seeing the voice of, of anger, angry Christians that are out there condemning people uh, rather than inviting them in and fellowshipping with them and loving on them and teaching them the truth. So I think that's that's a big problem that church yeah. needs to overcome. You know, I think it's the, the action and, you know, this kind of that theme that we don't just, uh, thanks for calling, Christopher, that it isn't. Christianity isn't just religion for religion's sake. You go to church and you pray and you get in a small group and you do a routine. And in fact, you know, for something positive, and we're going to take a break, I'll get your call with Michelle and others as soon as we come back from the break, which actually shifting in the statistics. The statistics don't actually show that people are leaving the church in droves exactly, but they it is changing what people are, how Christians are defining themselves. And sometimes they don't always attend church or not in the same way. But actually, I think we are moving in a direction either where maybe there's a great falling away or maybe there is a great recommitment to biblical faith. This is the Pastor Scott Show. The number is 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. I'll be back as the Tuesday edition continues. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at pastorscott at kkla.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, everybody. Pastor Scott Show, 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. We've been talking about uh, the church, why people sometimes leave Christianity and uh, accept other religions, even if they're not really following those doctrines. You know, I found that there's a couple of reasons. You know, sometimes the reason is I have a behavior I don't want to change, so I can't, you know, so I'm really rebelling against God and doing that. That's a lot of it. Uh but sometimes it is. I didn't really understand the religion at first, and it's not working out for me the way I want it to, and so I'm going to look for something else. And then I think even today there is such a loss of even what the difference is of religious beliefs. There's been such a a push to make in the culture to make all religions the same, and really that's to remove all religions. They can't all be true. Uh, they can One can be true. I believe Christianity is true, that there is a God who sent his only son uh, to die for us, and that his way is the way of salvation, believing in him. That's the revelation of God that I believe we have through Christ and through uh, the Bible, that salvation is accomplished by God this way. Uh, and I think that's really, really good. It, it means that we're not saved by what we do. It's not an excuse to do whatever you want, though. You know, it's you 
do good things because you are saved. You don't do good things to get saved. That's the distinction of Christianity. Uh, Michelle in L.A., welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Hello, is that me? Hi, that is. How are you doing, Michelle? Hi, Pastor Scott. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for calling. Thank you for having me. Pastor, I want to tell you a few things, why I think things are happening. And it's not something that you just woke up and it just landed that even though uh, the population is increasing, uh, people are migrating to other religions. Am I right? Well, there are more people growing in other religions. The statistics are interesting with that because it's basically the same. Uh, But there are more of other religions. Christianity is staying about the same. Other religions are growing. Not necessarily. For instance, the uh, Jewish population is less than 0.01% of the whole uh, population in the world. That's correct. If you put it all together, I think that's just, it shows that everything grew from that. So I think we need that to preserve that just to show where things came from, the seed. But I have... Um, I mean, I grew up here, I went to the universities here, and I want to show you something. Um, I have friends who, you know, married, you know, married Muslims, Christian friends, who married Muslims, and, um, sorry, Muslim friends who married Christian women, and then they divorced them, right? Mm -hmm. And then the women that they ended up marrying were Muslims. And I said, and I told one of my Muslim friends, I thought you didn't want to marry someone who had a wife before. She outright looked at my face and she said, he wasn't married before. I said, yes, he has. He had a wife and he has a child. But that doesn't count because she's a Christian. She was a Christian. Right. And I said, just because she's a Christian, that means she's not a human being. She wasn't a wife. Yeah, you know, we don't count them. Yeah, that's the doctrinal. That's a that's a difference that Islam can do in uh, certain interpretations of that faith. You can, but, you can but do that. There is, there is a there is a fundamental problem, and I will tell you, when you have President Obama come and put down the whites, put condemn his people, to you know to to bow down to to Muslims or to the Islamic countries. You mean when and he went and he bowed in uh, some of those countries when he first became president? Exactly. And he kept on saying it. And even now you see that the ship is, you know, by Israel and they're bombarding them and people are getting physically hurt and they don't lift a finger to help their own people. When the Muslims were, uh, were uh, what do you call it, hostages in Iran, they're mm-hmm. Muslims hostages from Iran, Biden paid over $6 billion to release four Muslims. He has 30 so, Americans in Israel. With, with all of that saying, stuff, I want to get us back on the topic. I understand where you're going. We've talked about those things before, but... You know, why then, with, with that kind of thing, why would people, say, leave Christianity to become uh, Muslim? Exactly. Because young people, even me, that I'm old, when, like, I have a teenager, 
if I keep on looking the other way when someone does something wrong, he'll look at it and says, well, I can get away with it. Why do I have to put up with the difficult thing? Or, you know, why is it that the one that does the wrong thing gets promoted? So when a country keeps on saying, you know what, let's turn the other cheek, let's turn the other cheek, and then you have our kids are going to a huge number of migrants who are coming here who are financially stable. A lot of the young women I see are marrying Muslims, and I ask them why. They go, because we don't want to work after we have kids, and they support us. Yeah, see, so Michelle, economic. Uh, yeah, that's an interesting Sonic. point. I want to go on to other callers because we're almost out of time. But that's kind of one of the things that, like what she said there, is that there is a there is actually a urgency for for truth or for some structure. And what's happened in in where we're living in this time of postmodern application, meaning you know that there's no structure, right? Everything's a, a a construct, even right down to men and women, right? Why are we having a conversation about what a woman is? Well, it's because the culture has decided that everything's a construct. The problem is that none of that is true, and human beings will always go back to what they can find out to be true. The 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 difficulty here is that ultimately doctrine matters. Ultimately, the doctrines that are taught by religions, uh, you have to accept or reject those. And you can have a a correct, you know, a truth about murder being wrong across the board in any, any religion, but the doctrine of why it's wrong and when it's wrong is often very different. And uh, there are different interpretations of Islam, but some of them, just like she said, you know, I wasn't really married. She's a Christian. She doesn't count. I can kill you because you're not Islamic. You don't count. That's Some people believe that. That would be the view of Hamas, for example. Uh, doctrine eventually matters. Why is murder wrong in the Bible? Is it just because killing people is a bad idea? No, it's because people are made in the image of God. The Bible makes that really clear and that it is murder. Uh, to murder someone is to take away that uh, image, to attack that image. 888-528-2557. That's where doctrine matters. And I think doctrine is actually attractive to people, and that's why they move a certain way. Bob in L.A., welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Um, yes, uh, me and Bob in Valley Village. <laughs> well, you're the only Bob on my list, so Valley Village. Welcome oh, to the okay, Pastor Scott and, Show, Bob. Um, I wanted to make a point. Now, your other callers have made a lot of salient points, but something that's been kind of overlooked, I think, is the overemphasis that I've always experienced on fundraising. Um, it's very troubling to me. I just get, like, for example, I get tons and tons of junk mail from various organizations. Some are secular, but the majority of them are from church organizations, and I get phone calls as well asking me for money all the time, mm-hmm. and maybe that's off-putting for people. Now, I'm not saying that other religions don't do that, too. They do, but it seems Christianity has had a, a real penchant uh, uh, for this. Well, one of the reasons for that is that in Christianity, they are doing a lot of good work through those organizations, and you do need money to operate, right? So the reason you don't see it as often is that some faiths, that's not really as big a deal. Um, Now, there's obviously been some things in Christianity, you know, televangelists and people like that who have really messed things up financially, where they're they're enriching themselves, right? 
Um, and I think that creates a, uh, a negative impression for sure in the culture. But the other way to look at all that, and I get all that envelopes too. I get something. I get tons of things every day asking me for money. Um, most of those organizations, though, are doing some really good work. And it's, it is, if they're not there, then nobody's doing that work. Um, and so there's, there's, it's, there's value to giving. In fact, even in the scriptures, you know, we're invited to give generously and I think we should Mm -hmm. be wise in how we do it. I think that, that matters a lot, but I, I think you have a point that sometimes, you know, if, if people don't understand why, you know, then, uh, there's a skepticism out there that in some ways is earned that maybe it's not legitimate. I appreciate that call, Bob. I want to get to one more here, Bernice in Anaheim Hills. Bernice, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Just a few seconds here, Bernice. Yes. I believe the church is falling away because God is shaking everything that can be shaken shall only that which shall can remain shall remain. The world is being shaken, the nation is being shaken, and judgment begins with the house of God. And God is sanctified the same wheel uh, that 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 destroys the wicked is the same wheel that makes a Christian holy. We are being sanctified and set apart for the Lord Jesus' return. He's cleansing us, and we're being persecuted for living a godly, righteous life. We reckon our lives crucified Christ to Christ daily, and we put off the old nature, mortify it, and reckon the old nature crucified with Christ, and live the risen, resurrected life, and have clean hands and pure heart, and live a res- live a clean sexual life, and don't commit promiscuity, fornication, adultery, live in any of those perversities, and we give our life to Jesus. We love Him first with all our hearts, our minds, souls, bodies, and strength. We and we commend ourselves unto Him to what He wills, His perfect, holy will, sovereign, holy will. If He wishes us to die for His namesake, we have to be willing to die for His namesake. We Bernice, I gotta, heart. I gotta cut you off, but it's a great sermon, and I appreciate you saying we're almost out of time. But you know, Bernice has said something that I think is true here. There's a lot of things she said that's true, but I think God is stirring things up, particularly in the church. And the church, my friends, is not the building; it is you and me. Let's recommit ourselves to Christ. I think that makes a big difference in culture. It really does. One of the great apologetics of our faith is that when we're following Jesus, our life is a lot better, and that's attractive. The gospel is attractive. We're out of time. A lot more to say about that. Pastor Scott Show, we're on every day from 3 to 5. Follow me at Pastor Scott Show. Get the podcast by looking the up the Pastor Scott Show and clicking follow. See you tomorrow. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.